Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Hey everyone, it's Sherry Stahl, host of the Soul H2O radio and podcast show. I'm excited you've tuned in for today's episode so that you can learn to trust that it's not over and not give up. This week features an interview with Sue Nickel, author of Be Held, Daily Inspiration When Facing Depression. She's an amazing woman who learned how to tell herself that it wasn't over and become an overcomer. Sue will inspire you to keep going and believe that there are better days ahead. Downloadable Soul H2O journal pages help you dive deep into the teaching segment and quench your spiritual thirst. They can be found on today's show notes at soulh2o.com slash 54, along with information about our guest. So let's dive in to today's Soul H2O devotion and get refreshed. For years, I was plagued with computer issues, and that's a real problem when you write for a living. But then I got a new computer and things were going great with speaking engagements lining up. But then, just five months later, that fateful day came. I had just finished preaching at a women's event, closed my computer, and put it safely in my protective case. But when I went back to plug it in that night, the screen was black. My new computer crashed and it had to be sent away for another month. Sadly, that four-year-old computer is no longer new. And since a table crashed on it while I was recording this summer, computer problems are on the rise again. At times, it can feel like trouble is all around and it just doesn't want to let up. Amazing things can be going on in your life, but when nagging, unrelenting, ongoing issues happen at the same time, you have to watch, or the negative will override your thoughts and blind you to all the positives in your life, making you feel like it's all over. To keep out the negative thinking, you've got to trust that it's not the end. Oscar Wilde, an Irish poet, novelist, playwright from the 1800s, is famous for saying, everything is going to be fine in the end. If it's not fine, it's not the end. Being a car girl, I really love what Henry Ford said along those same lines. He said, I believe God is managing affairs and that he doesn't need any advice from me. With God in charge, I believe everything will work out for the best in the end. So what's there to worry about? You know, we can learn from Oscar Wilde, Henry Ford, and Job. James 5 verse 11, talking about Job, says, We give great honor to those who endure suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Job knew what it was like to live with nagging, unrelenting, ongoing issues. He went through a series of losses, thankfully the depths of which we few have to experience. Job was heartbroken as he lost all of his finances, children, health, and his wife. He suffered great injustices and was insulted with a barrage of hurtful accusations by his quote-unquote friends, you know, air quotes around that word, 
who said that they came to quote unquote comfort him? I mean, who needs enemies with friends like that? It's not known how long Job's sickness lasted, but from what I read, he got to the place of complete hopelessness about his life, to the point that he wished he had never been born. But it wasn't the end. As Job expressed his feelings of anger, hurt, depression, and hopelessness to God, he released forgiveness to those cruel friends, and with this act of obedience, God turned Job's life around. Job 42.10 records that when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. When Job's situation looked unredeemable, God said, it's not the end yet. From the moment Job forgave those who offended him, God began the Job rebuilding program. People began to bless Job and give him gifts that he was able to turn into wealth. After relentless losses that lasted for years, God poured out a double blessing into Job's life, and only then was it the end. You may feel like it's the end, but it's not. Don't give up. Trust that God is working behind the scenes to turn your life around. He did it for Job, and I know He wants to do it for you. I'm just looking forward to being able to connect with people, to speak with them about issues that are current and to get their perspective on things and to kind of bounce ideas around and then also to hear from those who are listening because we learn by listening. And I think that's a big part of what I hope the show is about, learning from each other and listening as much as talking. Okay, here we go. Good music, good conversation, good company. Faith Strong Today's Good Company with me, Holly Taylor. Weekdays at 5 p.m. right here on Joy. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Sue Nickel is a Western girl born in Winnipeg and raised in Vancouver, B.C. She's been a pediatric nurse, a clinical counselor, and just completed five years as program assistant at Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries. Sue is now finishing her graduate degree, something she's wanted to do for decades. And now, in the last few years, she's become a conference speaker since the 2018 publication of her book, Be Held, Daily Inspiration When Facing Depression. Sue, I am so glad to have you on the Soul H2O radio and podcast show today. Thanks, Sherry. I'm delighted to be here. Well, Sue, this week uh, we experienced a really gloomy blue Monday on Monday, a day when so many struggle with sadness and depression. I know you've written a book to help people manage through depression, but is this something that you've struggled with personally, or do you know it more as a secondhand issue? Oh, yes, I do know it as a secondhand thing, as I have personally lived with acute clinical depression for over 25 years. And To just put depression in a little bit of a window, my psychiatrist once said, depression is that which brings you to your knees and is trauma to your soul. Brings you to your knees and is trauma to your soul. I really resonate with this description. This is how depression has rocked my world, all of it. Yeah. When you look back on your life, when do you think depression first started affecting you? I think that 
perhaps my first episode was when I was five years old. I'll come back to that a little bit later. Um, Second one was maybe when I was 17 and then again in my 20s as I I struggled with postpartum depression. But during Mm -hmm. these times, my body realigned on its own, so to speak. It reset the neurotransmitters and I recovered without medical interventions from those early uh, episodes. Yeah. And so it started way back. It's it's interesting how mm-hmm. trauma affects the brain and often triggers depression. Mm-hmm. And so at five, what triggered that first experience with depression? Well, my um, little sister was diagnosed with terminal leukemia when I was five. Mm. And of course, this rocked our family to its very core. Mm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and as a young child um, with your sister's diagnosis, and then she passed away from leukemia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a friend who actually can pinpoint the emergence of her depression struggles to an experience of almost drowning at a family outing. And, oh, and so I can see how this, this trauma from your sister's illness triggered this kind of inner sadness in your heart that kept repeating at different trigger points in your life. Right. Um, how, so that's what how it affected you. How about your family when with this diagnosis of your sister and then the eventual loss of her life? Mm-hmm. Well, my dad's drinking really increased a great deal. And soon afterwards, mm-hmm. my mom developed acute osteoarthritis. When my mom uh, told us that Julie had died, she said that God had taken her to heaven to be with him. And my sister and I understood this. I was shocked because I didn't know really that Jilly had been sick. But when my Mm. brother heard this um, news, he asked my mom if she had to take a bus to to heaven. So we Mm. were all really at different developmental stages. Mm -hmm. I became... You know, something big had happened, and um, to cope with this, I became the family hero, kind of like the perfect child, the savior. Yeah, that's a that's a hard gig to keep up, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Exhausting. <laughs> exhausting. Absolutely mm-hmm. exhausting. So yeah. you recognize the depression started at five. And were you depressed from that point on, or it kind of seems like it, it kind of skipped? It, it did come and go throughout your life? Yes, it just really did do that come and go um, at first. But um, by my early 30s, it was pretty frequent, kind of like one long episode for years. Along mm. with the depression, I also suffered, uh, suffered debilitating migraines, which apparently is quite common for those experiencing depression. Uh, For a very, very long time, I denied how badly I was hurting, and I really did not want to go on to to medication. But finally, when I was 36, I couldn't ignore it anymore, and I was finally honest with myself, with my husband, and with my doctor. I'd been holding up this common but false belief that all of our organs in our body, except the brain, can become compromised and need some help often through medication. 
But mm-hmm. with our brain, you know, suddenly there's a stigma with it. It shouldn't be allowed to, to need some help for a while. Yeah. And so I not only took me so long to get on medication, but with the people that I've spoken with in the last, say, 10 years, so many of them say, I did not want to go on medication. Or they had a well-meaning Christian friend who said, oh, you don't need those meds. Yeah. Wow. I really like how you said that. I don't know if maybe you know what you just said, but how the brain, could you maybe say that line again about, you know, that we don't expect the brain? Right. Do you know which line I was saying there? Unlike any of the other organs in our body, for some reason, if our brain is ill, and in need of medical intervention, intervention, there's a bunch of stigma around that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's the most complex computer in the whole wide world, our brain is. And yet Mm -hmm. it can't have something go wrong with it without some stigma attached. Which is just ridiculous when we think about it. No one has issues with, you know, your kidneys not functioning properly or, you know, (laughs) all the different systems in our body. But you're right. Right. There is unfortunately this stigma that we are, you know, doing our part, even on Solatial Radio, to break that stigma down and to to talk about these mental health issues because Mm -hmm. I know it's affected my life so much and Mm -hmm. yours. Um, I... I like as we're, you know, we're at the point in your story, like so many people experiencing depression, yours wasn't recognized right away or treated immediately. But since you started getting it uh, treated, started receiving help, I'm very excited that we're going to come back after the song and commercials to hear about how you've found healing to overcome when the surges of sadness still stir in your heart. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Hi there, I'm Sue Nichols from episode 54, and my music pick for the Soul H2O radio and podcast is Rise Up by Kane. In the dark and all alone. Revive Our Hearts with Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth is committed to calling women to freedom, fullness, and fruitfulness in Christ. As the author of over 20 books and leader of the True Woman Movement, Nancy has dedicated her life to introducing and guiding women through biblical womanhood. Revive Our Hearts with Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth, weekdays at 11.30 a.m. right here on Joy, hometown Christian radio for the GTA. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Sue Nickel, author of Be Held, Daily Inspiration When Facing Depression, is on the show today and we've been discussing her battle to overcome depression. Sue, I know you've shared with me how God's word was key in helping you manage symptoms of depression and and still does. So I'm wondering if you can share with the audience a Bible study tool or tip to help them get into God's word. Sure. What I have found myself doing for quite a while is um, reading through the New Testament. I read one chapter each morning. And before Mm -hmm. I read, I pray that the Spirit would reveal God to me. And Mm -hmm. um, then just just without trying to analyze everything and get convicted and all that sort of jazz, I just let the words flow over me. And if nothing has come by the end of it, I just say a prayer that I trust God will reveal it to me during my day. 
So, Very good advice. Because sometimes we're trying to like make something happen, this, you know, incredible epiphany moment, and it doesn't. Yeah. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. But I'm amazed right. at when you when you give Holy Spirit room like that, like you, you're asking him, you know, at any point in time, it's funny how like a day or two days later, all of a sudden, a verse that you read that really didn't jump out at you when you were reading it, all of a sudden is like, ah, I get something out of that. Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's wonderful. So can you share a, a favorite scripture or one that impacts you with the audience? Sure. I have many that I have clung to over the years, but right now it's Psalm 3, verses 3 and 4. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and the one who lifts my head. I cry aloud to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy hill. Hmm. Sue, during this 20, 30-year battle with depression, I'm sure there were Mm -hmm. many days like David in these verses where you cried out to the Lord Do you feel that God held true to his promise to be the one who lifts your head? Oh, definitely. God has been my rock, that which has sheltered me. Uh, When I'm in an episode, I feel very raw and exposed Mm -hmm. and vulnerable, not not grounded. You know, I don't have my footing. But God has been my shield and has lifted my head away from the shame and the guilt My downcast eyes are raised and I peer into the loving gaze of our Heavenly Father. And I find my name in that gaze and I find my hope in that gaze. Wow. I just, I I can't imagine life problems without having God there, like what you've just Mm -hmm. expressed, that intimate Mm -hmm. relationship that we can have with Him. I don't want to know what it's like (laughs) because I don't think it's a real easy road without him. You know, in the first segment of our our interview, you told how depression wasn't recognized right away. It took decades to finally, you know, click in that this is ultimately depression and it needs treatment immediately at a certain point in your life, around Mm -hmm. 30, you mentioned. So can you just tell us a bit about that when it happened that it was clear you really needed help? I think in 19... Well, I first saw my psychiatrist in 94, 1994, but really was not honest at all till 1997 and um, have, re- have really been um, under now since that time under like holistic care with my psychiatrist, my medications, counseling, ongoing counseling, exercise, physio, because we tend to hold so much in our body and are tense and contracted. And a good, healthy diet. Very important. Yeah. And we're body, soul, and spirit. So to right. to tackle the issue of depression with just taking a pill or just going to counseling or just changing your diet, right. I, none mm-hmm. of those is going to work. It really does take that holistic approach because God created us body, soul, and spirit. And mm-hmm. so at one point you said that you were even hospitalized because of this depression. Right. Yes. I was, you know, still keeping up that chosen role way back when I was a little girl of being a messiah and being everybody's helper. And um, I I just crashed. I I just uh, couldn't do it anymore. So I went into the hospital for about two and a half weeks. And even Mm -hmm. family, only my husband was allowed to visit or talk to me on the phone. Everyone else was cut off because I needed to have this time away from caring for people and just mm-hmm. care for myself. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's something so difficult for people to do oftentimes when um, they're experiencing depression. They have, you know, depleted themselves so much when Mm -hmm. we let it go on for decades. You know, we understand it's a different situation when people catch it young in their teens even. Oh, exactly. Um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, it's it's a quicker fix. Not that, yeah, not that it's yeah. always easy, but it it can be so much easier. And so, for years, right. you worked on that, and and you went on medication and all that stuff that you've mentioned. And then it got to the point that you were at a healthy stage that you began working at Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries. Mm-hmm. Yes, Sanctuary is um, their mandate is to come alongside and equip. People within the church who want to come alongside themselves, they want to come alongside people struggling with mental health challenges. So we used to do live, live workshops and conferences, but it just grew too much. So right now they have published the Sanctuary course, and it's an online course for small groups that people do themselves within the churches. And that's been really helpful. It's all over the world now. Well, we're going to have to put that in the show notes so people can connect with that. And, you know, I know there's lots of pastors who listen to this show and and different (laughs) uh, church leaders that maybe want to take advantage of that. And Mm -hmm. so you have, you know, transitioned into now really helping people. And with your book, you're helping people in such an intimate way as they read. Uh, It's such a powerful book where you Mm -hmm. share your difficult times. I love how you say in the book. My stories have been healed as they have been heard. Right. And, you know, why do you think it's so important for people with mental health issues to tell their stories and share how they're feeling? I think it it really helps in decreasing the stigma. Um, we, you know, I really believe that we are created relational beings. And so our wounding and our stress and our trauma occurs in relationships or in community. So it makes sense that our healing would also need this. It would happen within relationships and healing or um, community. So sharing our stories helps to um, validate them. It helps yeah. to work through distorted thoughts. And then it also decreases the stigma around mental illness. Yeah, I think it really breaks the shame down. When you tell mm-hmm. a person that can you can trust and that you're safe with right. and that you you know that, it, it breaks all that off. Oh, mm-hmm. girl, I just have one last question as we okay. end this show. <laughs> but why, as a girl who still battles issues with depression at that time, why do you still have hope? Oh, hope is the key word. I really still have hope because God is the redefiner of what is truly meaningful in life. Mm -hmm. It is not ultimately our job or our degree, our income, our talents. It's the indisputable truth, I think, that um, first and foremost, we are beloved children and chosen of God. This is where we get our paradigm and our perspective. Uh, The kingdom that Jesus ushered in is about everlasting and ever-present love and grace. And that is what has given me hope. Love and grace are sure and steadfast anchors of my soul. Uh, I I kind of lived this yesterday because I was in a real snit. I had a very bad migraine. Um, for about four days I'd been having it and I had a zoom class in the afternoon that I the attendance was mandatory 
So I was just anxious and tense. I was catastrophizing the whole situation. So I lay down on my bed and tried to center myself with meditation tape that I have. Mm-hmm. Slowly but very, very surely, I got God's perspective back. So I realized mm-hmm. really deeply that even if ultimately I had to withdraw from my course, all will st- would still be well. Because... Yeah. It is well because of God, because of the great I am. It's still okay because our worth is not wrapped up in what we do or be for God even. Even when it's mm-hmm. you know, very Absolutely. admirable acts that we're doing, it, it still doesn't matter. That's not going to make God love us any less or any more. We are loved, period. Uh, Well, Sue, it's been a pleasure getting to know you and hear your story. I want to thank you for sharing such incredible hope to the audience and pray they grab a copy of your book to help them navigate the turbulent times. And thanks Mm -hmm. so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me and blessings on to all the listeners. From all of us here at Joy Radio, we're so glad you joined us for episode 54 of the Soul H2O radio and podcast show. If you or any of your loved ones are struggling with depression, don't wait until it's too late. Get help now. Check out the show notes for links to mental health resources I've compiled to help you know that it's not over and there are better days ahead. The resources and information about our guest Sue Nickel can be found at soulh2o.com slash 54. And may you stay blessed and refreshed until we meet again next week. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.